Well, the world seems to be spinning out of control. Uh, As one writer online put it this week, uh, it feels like our lives are being written by a fourth grader right now. Uh, Do you remember writing one of these stories when you're in primary school? It went like, it would go something like this. And there was a virus and then everyone was scared and then all the world ran out of toilet paper and then there was no school for a month and then it snowed. But it is true that this once-in-a-century pandemic is causing chaos and disorder that many haven't seen in our lifetimes before. Uh, Hundreds of thousands of confirmed cases worldwide, thousands of deaths, entire countries in lockdown, no vaccine, hand sanitizer uh, sold out, toilet paper being hoarded, fights erupting, in supermarkets, stock markets crumbling and the global economy facing uh, its worst recession in decades. We can understand why many people are feeling anxious and fearful about the future. And while some continue going to pubs and clubs and uh, they think she'll be right, it's just a common cold, uh, it'll blow over, all we need to do is just uh, calm down a bit There are many more trying to work with as little exposure to the world as possible. In fact, some haven't even come outside their front doors in the last seven days. Uh, They're feeling very anxious. They have no energy. They can't focus. It feels like only half, 50% of their brain is working. For many, it's, it's hard to believe it's real. They can't stop thinking about it. It's the first thing that they uh, think about when they wake up. And they find it hard to get anything done during the day or think about the future. Everything is just changing so rapidly, so dramatically, so unexpectedly. And so with so much uncertainty and insecurity in our lives, many are filled with fear and anxiety. So where can we find hope in the face of a grim future? Where can we find comfort in the face of a world in chaos. Uh, Our big question today is, where can we find hope and comfort in the midst of a world in chaos? For our answer, we turn to Revelation chapter 1, because I believe that there's no more helpful message to comprehend right now than the message of Revelation. Uh, Which brings us to our first point. In the first point, we see Christ is speaking to his church. Uh, Sometimes hearing someone's voice, uh, hearing their words can bring us comfort and hope to keep going in difficult times. Uh, Last Friday night, I got a phone call just as I was going to bed very late at night from the head of a hospital on the mainland. He'd just worked a hundred hour week trying to manage the growing corona crisis in his hospital. He was already exhausted And he said, the scary thing is, this is just the beginning. The tsunami hasn't even hit us yet. He's wondering how on earth he's going to keep going uh, for the next six months, how he's going to get through. And so he rang me. He needed to hear someone speak words to reassure him that everything's going to be okay. Well, that's what Christ does in the book of Revelation. Read with me, starting with verse 1. 
the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything that he saw. So Christ gave the Apostle John a prophetic message, a revelation. Now, a revelation reveals something. Its purpose is to show us what must happen, not to keep us in the dark. Jesus' message in Revelation isn't meant to confuse us, but to clarify. Now, the church, Christ's message was for his church. Uh, in fact, Revelation is also a letter to the churches. Read with me uh, verse 4. Verse 4, it says, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Now, the uh, seven is the symbol of completeness or wholeness. So, Revelation is Christ's letter to his whole church. It's for everyone, including us. And it's also a message that blesses us. It brings hope and comfort. Read with me verse 3. Verse 3 says, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it. Sorry, because the time is near. Now, many think uh, Revelation uh, is a weird and wacky book, and so they put it in the too hard basket. Uh, It's true that the style of writing that we see in Revelation isn't common nowadays, like it once was back in the New Testament times. But think of it as a picture book, not a puzzle book. It's a picture book. It's the gospel message in picture language. Revelation uh, is the gospel message using lots of imagery drawn from the Old Testament. In fact, it has more references and allusions to the Old Testament than any other book in the New Testament. And so it's the message, so its message, the message of Revelation is centered on the gospel. It tells us who Jesus is. He's the resurrected ruler of all. Read with me, verse 5. Verse 5 says, Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Nothing weird or wacky there. It also tells us not only who Jesus is, but also what Jesus has done. Keep reading. He's redeemed us. uh, Keep reading verse 5 through to 6. It says, To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom, and priests to serve his God and Father. Nothing weird about that. And it also tells us what Jesus will do in the future, not just what he's done in the past, but what he'll do in the future as well. He'll return to judge the world and usher in the new creation. Read with me verse 7. Draws from uh, the book of Daniel. It says, look, he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. So Christ is speaking to the church here. Words of hope and comfort. The hope and comfort of the gospel. Which brings us to our next point. In the second point, we see that Christ is with his church. Christ is with his church. You see, these words of hope and comfort are exactly what the Apostle John and the Christians of the New Testament times needed to hear as well. They lived in a world of chaos and disorder. Uh, 
They were being persecuted by the evil Roman emperor. And in fact, the Apostle John was in forced exile. Uh, Sound familiar? Read with me verse 9. Verse 9. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance, that is ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. You see, these early Christians had plenty of reasons to be anxious and to fear for the future, with the Roman Empire breathing down their necks. Now, when you were a little kid, uh, uh, do you remember being scared of the dark? I remember uh, when I was five, I'd wake up after having bad dreams and... Uh, I used to wake up so scared of the dark. Now, there was one thing that I wanted in the middle of a long, dark, scary night. I wanted to be with my mum. I wanted to sleep in my mum's bed. Because I knew that if I was with her, I was safe. Well, in the darkness of this world, the church is safe with Christ. Because Christ stands with the churches. Read with me, verse 11. The Apostle John says, verse 11, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Now, verse 20, at the end of the chapter, interprets this for us. It says that the lampstands represent the churches. But notice... Who's at the centre of this circle of churches? Uh, Read verse 13. It says, um, verse 13, And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. In the midst of the churches, standing with the churches, was the God-man. The term son of man is drawn from Daniel chapter 7 in the Old Testament, where a divine figure is portrayed as ruling God's everlasting kingdom. Now, it's this divine, glorified Christ who's promised his permanent presence to the church. Do you remember in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, Jesus' last words were, Surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. You see, we don't just have a memory of Jesus, but we have his personal presence until he returns. But sometimes it's terrifying being in the presence of greatness. Uh, at Zudu, here in, uh, uh, just outside of Hobart, you can feed the lions, but only through a very small hole in the metal mesh. Lions are magnificent beasts. They're huge. I was struck by uh, being up so close, only separated by a glass uh, wall. I was struck how their heads alone are bigger than my torso. And standing in front of them, you realise that a lion is just a machine of raw power. If there wasn't the wall separating you from the lion, uh, they could tear you to shreds in a moment. And without a wall separating, the only thing that you could do uh, in front of something with that much power would be to fall down flat on your face. And in fact, that's what John, the Apostle John, did here in his vision with Jesus. When he stood in front of Christ, read with me, verse 17. He said, when I saw him, 
I fell at his feet as though dead. You see, Christ has more power than any lion at Zudu. Christ has all power and authority over all of heaven and all of earth. Are you anxious and fearful about the future? Well, remember the good king with the power over all. Christ stands with his church. Even as we can't meet in our buildings for six odd months. And so we can take comfort. We can be full of hope. He is with us. Which brings us to our last point. In the third point, we see that Christ is the Lord of history. Uh, Read with me from halfway through verse 17. Jesus says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Jesus had the first word in history. God spoke the world into being through Jesus. And Jesus will have the last word on history as well. You see, he is the eternal king who will rule God's eternal kingdom. Verse 18, read with me, verse 18. Jesus says, I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write therefore what you've seen, what is now and what will take place later. The Apostle John and his readers might well have thought that history was spinning out of control. And if anyone was in control, well, then it was obviously the Roman Empire. But no, Jesus has a plan and his plan will take place. Verse 19, Christ will build his church. Christ is in control of the spiritual destiny of the church. He will make disciples and absolutely nothing can stop him. When the Communist Party under Chairman Mao, many decades ago, threw the missionaries out of China during the Cultural Revolution, many feared it was the end of the church in China. The Communist regime did its worst to send the church into oblivion. But when China opened up again, 50-odd years later, without all the experts, without all the missionaries, the number of Christians in China had grown from 1 million to 50 million. Christ works all things for the good of his church. He will make disciples of all nations because Christ is the Lord of history. He's in control. So our big question for today is, where can we find hope and comfort in the midst of a world in chaos? The answer in Revelation, as we begin Revelation, is by looking to Christ, the Lord of all. And throughout, so throughout the coming year, as we see the stock market crash, as people lose their jobs, perhaps even ourselves, as many are infected with the virus, and some, even relatives who might die, we need to keep looking to Christ. And as we're cooped up for months with heightened levels of anxiety and fearing for the future, we need to keep listening to Christ. Remember verse 3, blessed are those who hear and take to heart what is written. 
Jesus is Lord of all. The world isn't spinning out of control. Jesus is in control. And he is with his church. He has a plan for the future and it will take place. Things might be hard in this fallen, broken world. But hear Jesus' words of reassurance that everything will be okay into eternity. Amen. Let me pray as the musicians come forward again. Heavenly Father, uh, this is a difficult time for our society and even for many amongst our congregation. Uh, Some fear getting sick. Some are anxious for the health of relatives. Some are insecure about their jobs and how they pay their bills, how they'll survive. But Lord God, help us to look to Jesus. Help us to see our God. Help us to see our hope. Help us to see his eternal kingdom. Help us to remain faithful until he returns. Amen.